What's going on, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Nittany Lions, your Penn State podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Monday, July 6, 2020, and today's episode is brought to you by this irritating eye issue I'm dealing with right now after having a little bit of a run-in over the weekend with a broom. Yeah, it hurts. I'm irritated, but I move forward because I have to do this podcast to make sure you guys have something to listen to on your Monday as we get started with a brand new week. Now, make sure you are subscribed to this podcast on all of your favorite podcasting apps, such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, whatever you use to listen to podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. And this month, in the month of July, we're trying to get to 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you can help us out there, that would be greatly appreciated. Now, in today's episode, we are going to talk a little bit about the current state of James Franklin. It's going to be a little bit of a recurring theme throughout this week, as you'll see. But we throw out the question, what do Penn State fans think about James Franklin? I share my thoughts and opinions, but we want to hear from you. So stay tuned later in this episode when we talk about James Franklin. We also have the all-decade team put out by the Big Ten Network recently, including a couple of notable Penn State players. And it may be the middle of the year, but I just opened up a page of the day calendar about Penn State sports. We're going to have some fun with that later in today's podcast. Make sure you're socially connected with us at while you're keeping your social distance by following us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and on Twitch by using the username LockedOnNittany. We're available across all those social platforms. We want to hear and interact with you guys moving forward and throughout the week. We want to hear from you. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. Let's go ahead and get today's episode underway. The last thing I want to do to begin the week is start on a negative foot, but unfortunately we're going to address one of the more negative stories about Penn State that's popped up over the last couple of days. We didn't get a chance to at least mention it on the podcast, and I owe you the respect to mention the good news and the bad news as far as it relates to Penn State. And this isn't the end of the world kind of news, but it's just negative headlines that you never really, really want to see. So, obviously, uh, Marquise Wilson, cornerback for Penn State, is facing a pair of pot-related charges. One for marijuana possession, another for uh, possession of drug paraphernalia, which uh, I don't know exactly what the details were for that. But this is a case that goes back to February, so this is kind of an ongoing storyline for Marquise Wilson, a former member of the, or I guess a member of Penn State's class of 2019, three-star player, uh, one of the uh, players out of uh, state of Connecticut. So this is obviously a storyline that you never really want to have to deal with, but of course this is something that just kind of goes with the flow, uh, especially around college football. So it's just nothing earth-shattering, I think, as far as the charges are concerned from what we can see, uh, but it is something just to keep an eye on. Obviously, Penn State didn't go through their spring football practices, so there was no real uh, chance to address this during the spring uh, as far as what his status would be with the team, and I think given the, uh, the, the reports that are out there for the charges, which suggest that you know, suspension, uh, indefinite suspension while the legal process plays out, probably pretty customary at this point and uh, don't think that this would necessarily result in any severe suspension during the season maybe one game to start the season I think covering college football on a more national level and seeing this kind of story pop up as often as it has that seems to be the typical standard response for what we're talking about with these charges we'll keep an eye on it if anything else comes out about it maybe there's more to the story that we find out later on we'll certainly update this story as needed but certainly for right now Penn State hasn't commented on it 
I do wonder uh, if and when that time will come. Uh, I think the fact that this is such a weird year for the offseason with no spring practices and now they're everybody's just getting back to campus for the summer. Uh, and by the way, it does look like everybody is now there for summer voluntary workouts and we still uh, are all pretty in a good shape as far as COVID-19 testing is concerned. But if anything comes out about Wilson and his status moving forward, we will certainly update the situation as needed. In more positive news, the Big Ten Network has announced their all Big Ten decade team uh, for the past decade. Of course, Big Ten Network has been on the air for, I guess, a decade now. So it's pretty fitting that they get a chance to put together their all decade team because they have certainly seen a lot of really talented players come through the Big Ten over that span of time. So the Big Ten Network had been rolling out which players would be included on their offense and their defense, their first and their second teams over the past week. They had a big uh, show over the weekend. I did not watch it because I was doing other things on the July 4th. <laughs> I think a lot of people may have been. But uh, as you would suspect, there's a lot of Ohio State players on this list, and that's to be expected because of the level of success that Ohio State has had. But two Penn State players did make the cut, and it's not too much of a surprise which two players they are. Uh, the first, of course, is wide receiver Allen Robinson, one of the best wide receivers to play in the Big Ten over the past decade. And, of course, one of the top running backs to play in the Big Ten, Saquon Barkley. Those are your two Nittany Lions representatives on the first team, all Big Ten Network, all decade team, whatever they're exactly calling it. It's the Big Ten Network's all decade team. I think that's the official title of that. Uh, but again, not too surprising to see Allen Robinson and Saquon Barkley. These are the two best offensive players that have come through Penn State in quite some time and it's a shame they weren't on the same team because that would have made a, such a dynamic offense and it's rather fitting that one of Penn State's biggest needs over the last couple of years has probably been a wide receiver now they've had some good wide receivers since Allen Robinson don't get me wrong Chris Godwin of course has certainly proven himself uh, but I do think you know it's kind of fun to, to look at any player that you would have seen on the team in previous years if you could take one player this is a popular reddit post if you could take one player from a previous season and put them on your team right now you know take them from their prime when they played for your school put them on your roster right now which player would you choose and why i think if you were to do that for penn state Allen robinson would be the answer as great as saquon barkley is Allen robinson would certainly fill the biggest question mark that you have for penn state going into this upcoming season certainly as far as the offense is concerned so uh alan robinson certainly probably the best wide receiver that penn state has had maybe since bobby engram is that too much of a stretch? I don't think it is. Uh, you know, maybe Allen Robinson is better than Bobby Ingram. I think Bobby Ingram was pretty darn good, but I think uh, certainly uh, Allen Robinson has been the class of wide receivers at Penn State since Bobby Ingram. Certainly, in the if you were put together Penn State's All Big Ten team, Bobby Ingram and Allen Robinson are your first two wide receivers off the board. I'd be very curious to see how people would feel. If people that got to watch Bobby Ingram and compare him to what Allen Robinson did. I'd be curious to see uh, how you guys feel about that. And I know, you know, maybe I'm, maybe Bobby Ingram, maybe Bobby Ingram is a little bit too old for some people that are listening to this podcast. I don't know. I'm not really sure what the age demographic is out there. I'd be very curious to see what the reaction is. As far as running back is concerned, uh, Saquon Barkley, arguably the best running back that Penn State has had, and I'm including some really good running backs in that conversation. I've always been a fan of Kajana Carter. I just feel like Saquon Barkley. Speed-wise, athleticism-wise, I feel like he's just a different kind of a breed. Certainly, he's very muscular, very strong as a runner. He's got a lot of light power, able to hurdle anybody. I think his athleticism kind of sets him apart from so many really good running backs that Penn State has had. I think you can make a very strong case that Saquon Barkley, probably the best all-round running back that Penn State has ever had. 
I don't think that that's an understatement. And I really don't think that I'm slighting any other running back from any other era of Penn State football. I've seen a lot of them. <laughs> and Saquon Barkley, as far as I've been following along, is very tough to beat. I think uh, if you could say that you could take one running back in Penn State history, I don't think you would be wrong by saying Saquon Barkley. He can do so many different things. And there's no question why he is considered you know, one of the best running backs that the Big Ten has had over the past decade. There have been a lot of really good running backs in the Big Ten over the past decade. Saquon Barkley, arguably the best. And if you want to get the best parts available for your car or truck at the best possible prices, at the best convenience possible, then you want to check out our friends at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Here's what you do. You go to their website, rockauto.com. You type in your make and model of your car, and it's going to bring up a database, a catalog of all the various parts that are possibly available for your car or truck. I did this for my Honda Civic, looking for some new wipers. I'm also looking for some floor mats. Guess what? It's going to tell me which wiper blades I need, which floor mats are going to fit my car. It's the best possible resource online that you can possibly find right now. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com So without getting into all of the details behind it, I just wanted to say that I just recently received a long overdue Christmas present from my in-laws. It is a desk counter, one of those page-a-day desk counters where you tear off the page each day and it's got a brand new fact for you. Well, yes, we are just here after July 4th and I just received mine and I thought it'd be fun just to kind of open it up and maybe start going through the calendar a little bit, just kind of sharing some of the trivia that is on this. Now, if you have the same calendar, Maybe you have seen some of these things before. If you hear any wrapping, crinkling, that's me unwrapping this calendar for the very first time and opening it up out of the box. Now, this is the Penn State Daily Sports Calendar for 2020. Fact or trivia on every page. Includes bonus pages from September to December of 2019. So we've got a lot of facts and trivia that we can start to throw out there. And if you pay attention to our social media profiles, stay tuned because I'm probably going to put some... uh, Post together out of this just for some fun. So, so for some interaction as I tear off the cover to my calendar. Dear value customer, blah, blah, blah. This is from Turner Licensing. So again, you may already have this calendar. I don't know. So uh, right away, I'm noticing that the September bonus page is really just one page. It gives you the entire month of September. Uh, same for October, November, December. So we're not actually getting extra facts and trivia. Unfortunately, that is a little bit of a letdown. But hey, it's July 6th now as you are listening to this. I've got a page for the 2020 Quick View. And let's begin our journey through this calendar just for a little bit. was starting on Wednesday, January 1st, 2020, New Year's Day. Think back to that day. It was a pretty fun time to be a Penn State fan. Now, January 1st, 2020, the fact of the day is at the onset of the 2018-19 academic year, Penn State athletic teams had collected 78 team national championships, including 50 official NCAA titles. Now, obviously, the Penn State football program has a small handful of national championships over the course of its program history. And, of course, there have been some debates of whether or not they could have won another one, should have won another one. 
Bottom line is Penn State football is still in a very good position going into this upcoming season and certainly has established itself as a national potential playoff contender. But that kind of overshadows all the other successes that a lot of these Penn State programs are having. And I should say overshadows because I think if you follow Penn State sports or if you went to Penn State and you've got a little bit of a stronger connection to some of these other dominant programs like the wrestling program, we just saw the lacrosse team uh, coming off a very successful year last year. Uh, the men's ice hockey team, of course, has taken some serious strides in a very short period of time. Unfortunately, their season was cut short. The men's basketball program is certainly potentially trending in the right direction, but uh, obviously their season got cut short a little bit prematurely due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And of course, the volleyball program, uh, men's and women's, has had a tremendous amount of success over the years. And that's just the start. I know I'm just scraping the surface here with all of the successes that Penn State has had as an athletics department. Again, for certain schools, Football is going to be the main spotlight attraction, and that is certainly the case at Penn State. Not to belittle anything that is being done at these other programs within the athletic department. Again, Penn State wrestling has a very strong following, but uh, and they certainly have had a tremendous amount of success. But it's not going to get the national attention that success at the football level would be having and that's where James Franklin and his program are trying to get on par there's so much success going on at Penn State throughout the athletics department that I think that it kind of burns the fuel a little bit for James Franklin and his staff to make sure that his program is going to be thought of in the same category as far as national titles are concerned so yes plenty of national success for Penn State as an athletics department it kind of reminds me of an old commercial that went back I don't remember exactly who was for it may have been a sports center commercial or something where somebody was saying that they'll do something when their team wins a national championship or they do anything to experience winning a national championship i'll have to see if i can look this commercial up maybe maybe you guys remember what i'm talking about but he says that he would do anything to see his team win the national championship and he's talking about either his football team or his basketball team at his college and he finds out later that I guess the lacrosse team or field hockey team won the national championship. And it takes him a second to realize that, hey, his school did win a national championship. So, yes, all national championships are very much worth celebrating at your school. If, if you went to a school and you win a national championship in anything, you absolutely deserve every right to be proud of what your fellow classmates or what your, your alma mater has done at the highest level possible in their particular field. Hopefully someday that the Penn State football fan base will get to experience that kind of celebration as well. And I do hope that we see that celebration occur for men's basketball. And I would love to see women's basketball get back on the top level too. I feel like it's been a long time since uh, Penn State women's basketball was on a very high level of achievement. Uh, you know, not necessarily to where UConn and Tennessee were back in their heydays. But certainly, you know, Penn State was a, a very good women's basketball program. I would like to see that happen as well. So I think there's tremendous amount of improvement for both the men's and women's programs moving forward on the basketball court. I would love to see them be perennial and annual uh, tournament contenders in the years to come. And, of course, back to football. I would love to see Penn State football competing in the college football playoff and potentially having a chance to win it all. And I think just getting to the playoff gives you that chance. There's no question about that. Uh, but certainly uh, where James Franklin has taken this program, it's to the point where 
they're going to have to make the playoffs in order to take that next step. And that's a tough one to take. I think James Franklin would be the first one to tell you that. We're going to talk more about James Franklin coming up later in the podcast as well. But let's go on with our next piece of trivia. And we'll say the trivia question for January 2nd, Thursday, 2020, is Penn State University is located at the foot of what mountain? Wow, we are really going out on a limb here. Maybe it's just starting the year off with some very easy questions. And I think the problem with these day-to-day calendars is the trivia that they put in, it's not really thoroughly researched. And they do tend to go with some of the easier questions uh, throughout the course of the year because they're not necessarily being written by people that are extremely familiar with each individual program. Now, I will tell you the trivia question answer at the beginning of our next segment. But I'm going to guess that most people listening to this podcast probably know the answer to this. Again, the question is, Penn State University is located at the foot of what mountain? I'll give you the answer in the next segment. But first, I want to make sure that if you're enjoying this podcast, that you are hitting subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting apps. This month, in the month of July, I'm making it a personal goal to try and improve our standing on Apple Podcasts. So if you use Apple Podcasts to get your podcast fixed, make sure you are subscribed to our podcast. And then please take a free moment of your time whenever you get the opportunity. Leave a rating and leave a review. Not only will the rating help us, but if you add the review, it'll really help us move forward with our placement on those various podcasting apps, including Apple Podcasts. I'm trying to get to 100 Apple Podcast reviews in the month of July. So if you are able to provide us with a rating and review, that would be greatly appreciated this month. And let us know that you did so we can go check it out to see what you have to say about our podcast as well. Penn State University is located at the foot of what mountain? Of course, the answer is Mount Nittany. So if you knew that, congratulations. Give yourself a pat on the back. Let's move on. After a pretty busy July 4th, I was looking forward to just kind of kicking back and relaxing Sunday morning, July 5th, just kind of sitting outside on the patio, relaxing in the shade, watching my dog out in the yard, just kind of catching up on some Twitter feeds, some updates uh, around the news cycle and everything that I may have missed over the weekend. And turns out I missed a few stories here and there. But one thing that I enjoyed going through was the Twitter feed of Michigan Podcast, uh, Steve from the Michigan Podcast, who was going through a bunch of different trends that he is taking note of for the upcoming season. And this isn't unbiased. This is pretty much straightforward, just kind of looking at different trends for a variety of schools, not just in the Big Ten, but also some schools outside the Big Ten. And some of them are critical at times, and some of them are a little complimentary, even against uh, teams that Michigan fans may despise. (laughs) But uh, I did take note of one in particular that he pointed out, and it's something that I kind of pointed this out in the past on my own, and I just want to kind of restress it because it is a very important key storyline as far as Penn State head coach James Franklin is concerned with his narrative and uh, the level of achievement that he's been able to accomplish at Penn State. Now, the stat that Michigan Podcast put out is James Franklin will attempt to do something in 2020, not even Joe Paterno accomplished at Penn State, which has reached 11 wins in four out of five seasons. Take a look at that win total over the last few years. Yes, obviously Penn State has one Big Ten title under James Franklin, and they've come short of doing it again on multiple occasions. They've lost a handful of games to Ohio State that have really kind of uh, held them back. Uh, They've also lost a couple other key games here and there. But at the end of the season, Penn State has won a lot of football games, and they have a chance this year to do something, as noted, that is pretty rare for Penn State. In fact, it's never been done before. Winning 11 games in four times in the span of five years, that is remarkable. And that is what 
builds programs to becoming potential national title contenders. If you can establish that kind of winning mentality and win that many games on a somewhat regular basis, you're in some relatively elite categories. And, and yes, obviously, the ultimate goal is to get to the college football playoff, win a national championship. And Penn State hasn't done that yet. Uh, 11 wins may or may not get that done. But I think at the end of the season, if you have 11 wins, you can certainly say that you had a successful season. Did you accomplish all of your goals? Probably not. If you want to deem that a failure, that's perfectly fine. I think the ultimate goal is to win a national championship. And if you don't win that, then you failed in some respect. But if we're honest with ourselves, there's not a lot of teams out there that go into a season thinking that winning a national championship is going to be a realistic expectation or a realistic goal that can be achieved. Penn State, I think, is in a position where they can be in that position. They're obviously lacking in some key spots. They obviously have some room for improvement to get to that uh, elite category on that national championship stage. We've seen the shortcomings against a team like Ohio State, a program that is legitimately on the level where they can feel like if they don't win the national championship this season, then the season is considered a failure. But I think when we're talking about college football, it's a little bit different than how I view pro sports. I think you can have so many more accomplishments and victories that amount to some level of pride and some level of success that you can look back on and build on and be proud of and not necessarily view your season as a failure. I don't think ending the season with a victory in the Cotton Bowl with 11 wins should ever be considered a failure. Uh, yes, Penn State did play Memphis. They didn't play uh, one of those big-time schools in the bowl game. It doesn't matter. You end the season with 11 wins and a victory in the Cotton Bowl, I view that season as a success. You end the season in the Fiesta Bowl uh, against a team that may not have won the Pac-12, but you end the season with a Fiesta Bowl victory and 11 wins. That, in my mind, is very much a success. You win a big New Year's Six Bowl game at the end of the year to close out your season. That is a successful season. It's not the ultimate success, but not a lot of schools get to say that. And now Penn State under James Franklin has a chance to do something that's never been done in school history by winning 11 games in four out of five seasons. Now, I will say this. He also gets more games to accomplish 11 wins than Joe Paterno did for the majority of his coaching career. So the, the, there's more opportunities to get to 11 wins. I, I get that. Now, Joe Paterno wasn't always coaching with a 12-game regular season, and his teams didn't always go to bowl games, although they went to a lot of bowl games. So getting to 11 wins in the past was more of a challenge to get to than it is considered today. Remember, that 1994 team went 12-0. So they played 11 regular season games, got to 12-0 with a victory in the Rose Bowl. So getting 11 wins isn't exactly a, a fair a mark against Joe Paterno during the bulk of his coaching career. But it, obviously, I, I think what we're saying here is Penn State is entering a new uh, level of a new era of success. And this is a stat that just kind of reinforces that idea that you know Penn State has been playing 12 regular season games for a number of years now. And they're just now on the cusp of the possibility of winning 11 games for the fourth time in five years. Now, I don't know if they get to 11 wins, if, if we're being honest. I've gone through the schedule a number of times, including right here on the podcast. I view this as a 10-win team, but obviously a 10-win team in the regular season still has a chance to get that 11th win in the bowl game. And again, I will say that you get 11 wins, no matter how you get there at the end of the year, it's something to be proud of. But I think for a program that's looking to take that next step, uh, you want to get beyond just getting to 11 wins. You want to get to 12 wins. <laughs> 12 wins is the P number here. You get 12 wins in a regular season, we're in good category moving forward. 
Now, I bring this up because uh, one question that was thrown my way on the Twitter feed as I was asking for questions before hitting record came from Braden Golf. You can check him out on Athlon Sports. He also hosts the Cover 2 podcast for Athlon Sports. You can also hear him on SiriusXM's college football station, ESPN Radio. Very good college football follow. Definitely give him a follow at Braden Golf if you get a chance. And his question is simply this. What do Penn State fans actually think of James Franklin? Now, I'm going to leave that question for you guys to answer right now. When we come back on our next episode, we'll kind of sift through some of the reactions that I'm getting so we can share just what Penn State fans do think about James Franklin. So the next episode is really going to be all about you guys. The more input you provide, the more we'll be able to react to it. I'm going to see if we can arrange to get Braden on to the podcast as well. Maybe we'll go through some of your replies with him just to kind of get his take. So I have an idea of where he stands on James Franklin, but I'm going to reserve uh, speaking for him for now. I will say this. You know that I am very complimentary towards James Franklin if you've been listening to this podcast. I think that while it's fair to suggest he has some shortcomings, I don't think that that's unfair to say. I do think since his arrival in Happy Valley, he has helped Penn State change the way they go about their business for a variety of positive reasons. Uh, Certainly, the recruiting has taken some spikes upward. They're doing very well in the recruiting trail. They're developing talent better than I think a lot of people were expecting them to when James Franklin came out. We all know the Matt Miller infamous tweet suggesting that any position player, he would recommend not going to Penn State because James Franklin wasn't going to be able to develop him. We've seen that that's a little far-fetched at this point. I think Penn State has proven that they are doing a pretty good job in bringing in talent, developing talent, and sending it to the next level. So it may not be on the same level as a program like Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, but they're doing very well, and James Franklin's been a huge reason for that. So I think James Franklin has done so many good things at Penn State. Does he have his hurdles that he's still trying to clear? Yes. That's not unfair to say, and I don't think it's a ne- too much of a negative that suggests that Penn State would be better off without James Franklin. So <laughs> I just said it. James Franklin has a chance to do something somewhat unprecedented for Penn State. It, was, it is unprecedented for Penn State. Winning 11 games on a regular basis four times out of five years would be incredible. In fact, just getting the 10 wins again this year, uh, and if that's all they get, I still think that that is a really good spot for this program to be in. And obviously, James Franklin is a big reason why. So, you know, I'm very complimentary towards James Franklin, but I want to hear from you guys. And let's see what you guys have to say as well. So send in your replies to us on Twitter and on Facebook. We'll put out something on Instagram. I want to know what you guys think about James Franklin. Where do you feel as far as his job security? What do you think about his level of achievement to this point in his career? And where do you think that Penn State could potentially be going with him? No wrong answers here. This is all about what you guys have to say. So the question, once again, from Braden Gall of Athlon Sports is, what do Penn State fans actually think of James Franklin? Let's hear from you guys. Hit us up on Twitter and on Facebook and then on Instagram. We'll get to all of your reactions in our next episode. But that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Nittany Lions as we get started with another week. I thank you guys so much for helping us be a part of getting your week started. And I hope that you're going to stick with us throughout the week because we're going to have some fun conversation 
again, we can only do it with you guys providing some input. So make sure you follow us on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitch at Locked On Nittany. Let us know what you think about James Franklin. If you have other questions that you want to submit for the show so we can answer them as well, we are more than welcome to add that to our agenda. So send in your questions, send in your comments, send us your thoughts about James Franklin and what you think about him as the Penn State head football coach. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. You can check out my contributions to AthlonSports.com. I did have a post last week going through Penn State's schedule. We also did a podcast on this, so if you want to go back and listen to that, it's always a good listen. I hope that you'll find. So once you do that, make sure you are subscribed in your favorite podcasting app, such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Right now, we're trying to make a push to get to 100 podcast reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you are subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, and then please leave a review. Trying to get to 100 reviews in the month of July. It's a lofty goal, but with your help, I think that we can get there. So thank you so much for your support and consideration. Make sure you check out the Locked On Big Ten podcast for this and more coverage of the Big Ten conferences. We're getting set for the upcoming season. Lots of good stuff to get into over there on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Digging into all aspects of the conference, getting ready for the new year. But that's all from us today. Go out and go 1-0 today. Get your week started on the right foot. It's the only way to go 1-0 for the entire week if you start today on the right foot. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll talk to you again soon. Talk to you later. Bye.